On this week's episode of the We've Seen That Podcast, we're talking about signs. I'm Scott. I'm Anthony. And I'm Jim. Music. We are back for our 42nd episode. Correct. 42nd episode. And wow, what a show do we have for you today. Uh, Anthony and I, I gotta say, like if you know, if you go back to when we were 10 years old and you asked us what movie would we do for a podcast, this is the one. This is the fucking one. So a lot built up to this day, a lot of. Uh, we're just ready. I know we are. It's going to be a blast, and I'm so glad that this just happened to be Jim's first time watching it, too, just for the pod. So he's literally looking at two people that have probably watched this movie at least 20 to 30 times, I'd it's say. More. It's more. I'm very, long. very excited to discuss and talk about your guys' childhood. <laughs> here a bit. Yeah. Because like, there was no way my family would have let me watch this as, as a kid back in 2002. Really? Right? Because nine years old probably would not have flown at the Barrett household. We were pretty fucked up as kids. I mean, like, Jeepers Creepers was watched when I was nine years old. It is only PG-13, though, so, I mean... Yeah. I think what was targeted towards us, though, in particular, is we'd get off the bus at Grandpa's house, and his house is surrounded by cornfields. And the trailer for this movie Mm -hmm. literally was just cornfields and wind and scary shit in the cornfields. So, like, every time it was windy, you know, you just felt like there was just... Something coming out to get you. You, you guys know. ever find any signs? <laughs> no, but we found a lot of baseballs. Yes. Lots of home you runs. You hit them in there yourselves? <laughs> yeah. Or was, was there a park nearby or something? Uh, back in the day, we used to play baseball in my backyard, and every time we'd jack... Just rip them right into the cornfield? <laughs> Always would come out with them, too. Somehow find them. Every time. Every we time. Got, That's we impressive. We got so good at like judging how hard we hit it, and we would the person who hit the home run would be like, 13 rows, and yeah. this... The outfielder would just run, count thirteen rows, and it would be like within one or two. Within rows a few every rows. Time. I mean, we. That's sweet. Yeah, <laughs> it was dumb. Backyard baseball to a new level. So, oh yeah. Uh, let's get into it. Let's get into what we're watching, Jim. I want to start with you uh, because I cannot believe this is on your list, uh, and we just need to talk about it. So, dude, you've thrown me down a rabbit hole <laughs> with talking about Love Island last week. I had heard of the show before, but never seen it. Come to find out, they got a few seasons on Hulu. Angie and I are now watching season six. We're like 15 episodes in or so. Excellent. Which season are you watching? Okay, so um, a quick shout out to my my coworker, Megan. She actually is the one who who told me about this show. Obsessed with it. Um, The first, she said skip one through four. You can skip seasons one through four. They're not even on Hulu, so that's fine. Yeah, they're all chain smokers. That's that's what she says. They're just chain smoke. That's all they do. Um, But... I, I'm not watching currently. I watched a couple episodes, couldn't understand what they were saying, and gave up. Um, you got to throw the subtitles on. But 100%. That's a, that's it's, a it's, a, it's a very thick British accents. 
Um, but Jim, what do you like about it? I just like how stupid it is. There That's it the is. big thing. There you know, I was texting you when I was first starting to watch it, and I'm like, dude, I'm just waiting for the dad bods to show up because, of course, all the men are just absolutely ripped. Yeah, it's you know, there's like ten abs on every single one of them. It's very all attractive. All the girls are obviously humans. incredibly attractive as well. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, if you're a sucker for a British accent, that'll draw you right in for whichever one you're interested in, whether it's men or women. Correct. Correct. On season six, there is a gal with a Scottish accent, and my God. Oh, boy. Scottish Se- accent is great. <laughs> Settle down, Jimmy. It's just uh, like <laughs> Game of Thrones vibes. Every time the girls talked, they had right, some sort right. of accent to it. Oh, do you want to do this now, Anthony? No. You want to wait? For okay. what? I mean, let's let's do it. Getting Come on. About what? George, George, uh, George. What's his name? Um, George R. R. Martin has officially said that he had hoped that the show would stay I behind s- where the books are. How do you feel about that? I procrastinating son of a bitch. Piss. How do you even have the audacity to say that? You know, he was just sitting there like. He also you has know confirmed what? supposedly that his final ending will not match the TV show. He's a fucker. Yeah, I, I, I. You know, I'm kind of anti him after he said this because it's like. Okay, you let us breathe in how bad it was. Everybody was done being mad, and you were just like, nope. And then you come out and do this random interview. Yeah, just like... Come I, out of your hole not writing, you fucker. Yeah, so it's like, oh, I could have done better, but it would have taken me... Christ, what, 15 years? I don't know. I don't know. <clears throat> he should just a, put the show on hiatus that long. Yeah, he's coming off as a snake, though. It's like, because allegedly he gave them... A storyboard. The ending... Least. And they were just supposed to get there. Well, look at him; he gets the he gets the show as sort of a baseline as to how people are going to react to the ending. And what if nobody likes it, which they didn't? Is he just going to go change now what he was planning on doing? Like, it's genius. Well, he's a piece of shit. Oh, that's, for sure. That's that he is. sells a bazillion copies of this new book. Yeah. It's, and it's a New York Times number one bestseller. Oh, it will it's be like, for sure. It's like it's like if when it ever I... comes out. It's like when I yeah. do a tax return. Like, I tell them basically everything to do, but then they sign a piece of paper that basically says I'm not liable. It's pretty fucking great. So it's kind of the same idea what we've got going on here. Um, but, yeah, uh, Anthony, we're going to have to bring it up at some point. So I just want – let's just get it out of the way. There you go. Well, and off what we're watching topic as well, I did – I'm, like, through the middle of season three – Nice mm-hmm. of Game of Thrones on my rewatch. We'll see whether or not I continue with that. Oh, but haven't being off of work right now. I've got a bunch of free. Time How do you stop time. after three when four through six are just fucking insane? You like you got to. Yeah, keep I going. know. I just got a little bit like to be frank. There's a little bit of a law life you like in season mm-hmm. three, and it kicked me off. Mm-hmm. I got to the point where Rob like married that other woman instead of marrying one of the Frey girls, like he was supposed to, in order to get Walder Frey. So we haven't hit the red wedding yet, but that is coming up very soon. I would think, obviously. Isn't that like the end of season four, like season four, episode nine or something like that? Three? I think that's in three. It's in your yeah. season. It's in three, so yeah. I should really just commit and get it done. Yes. Yes. Because, I mean, that's one of the best episodes right there. So. God, that was... I'm no longer allowed to watch Love Island during the day because Angie wants to watch it with me. So now I've started up on How I Met Your Mother again, too. There you go. Just an easy sitcom to watch and, like, nap to during the day. Jimmy's busy. Perfect. A yeah. lot of watch. All right. Well, I'll I'll go next. Um, Jim, I didn't put it on here, but I have been keeping up with the Bachelorette. Uh, yeah, we watched that this week too. I'm I the worst. S- I saw this box guy, and um, this was this was quite the move. That this this guy just was in a box, Anthony, for like the entire episode, and then 
he came out and I would call him underwhelming to say the least, but he was just in a box. That was his move. Like physically in a box? In a box. A cardboard box. That was his move. Like that was dressed up as like a present or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, you know, to be honest, that's the only thing. Oh, and then there was this guy who wanted. The cat to, guy? Yeah, the cat guy who uh, w- he dressed himself as a cat. Uh, he also cheated on his girlfriend as an alcoholic in the past. Some powerful shit there. Um, and then there's a couple guys who got booted off the show. One, because he's trying to be the next Bachelor. Which... I was going to say, are you totally caught up? Because that was the huge thing this yeah. episode. One guy, they got to say, like, when he was applying for the show, he was thinking that maybe he could be the next Bachelor. Right. And it's like, at least he's honest about it. Because you know half these fuckers are trying to be on there to do that like they always pull or promote from, themselves in some way or another they always pull from the same crop and then also they just bring this random dude on from Tasha's season to blake uh I, I don't know i apparently he called Tasha and said i need to get to know katie or whatever yeah which it, is like the load biggest load of like producer bullshit i've ever heard 100 percent, and it's like um yeah, I don't know. I I'm so sick of like how much they exploit people on these shows that I may I may stop watching, but I'll probably finish it. Um, but <laughs> let's my my other what we're watching is Are You the One? Uh, it was MTV's dating show, also some trash TV, just like Jim here. But the idea behind it is you have a perfect match out of twenty. So there's tw- ten girls, ten guys, and you have a perfect match on the island, and you have to figure out who it is. And if they get them all right, they split a million dollars. There is also all the couples that get it right. Obviously, you, I've seen a couple episodes of that before, not recently, but I you, have you seen have it. to go ten for ten for, oh, and then everybody okay. splits the money. But they have something called the boom boom room, which is where they bang. That is <laughs> cute, a thing. And then they have something called the truth booth to see if their perfect matches or not. My favorite part is they find out who their perfect match is. And then they just start banging someone else. It's it's great TV. It's phenomenal. oh my god. Yeah, it's it. I mean, like, sounds a lot like Love Island. It's right probably now. it's probably a little bit less bad than Love Island, but it's right a little up bit there. less trashy. It's still pretty fucking trashy. You you are you are due for one guy almost assaulting a woman a season, and I'm not saying that's a good thing. Like this, it happens every season. Some guy, juice head guy, who's like clearly roiding out. Like has put his hands on women. It's it's unreal. It feels wild that they can still continue to make that show That's because it's been around for like fucking ever, right? The guy who was doing it, and and I did this in the past, uh, had a handle of uh, he captain. That's all he was doing the entire show was just oh, chugging Jesus. captain, and like Ugh. he his veins would pop. He'd scream at people, and then the producers like let him back in the show after that. So, if there's one thing true about Love Island, they're constantly showing them drinking out of water bottles, and it appears to actually be water, so that's kind of cool, I guess. Oh, they don't even, even need... Even though I'm sure they have an unlimited amount of booze, too, that they have access to. It's too much. You can't just be fueling people with booze and banging. It's due for a, a lawsuit, more than likely. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> so, <laughs> it, to say, though, this show is still on TV, just just to throw that out there. But that is all I watched this week. Um, Actually... <clears throat> Quick shout out, uh, go Bucks. Um, oh, kind of an odd scenario. Giannis got hurt, and my heart sank to the bottom depths of whatever I had left in my sports heart. 
I thought he tore his ACL. He somehow fucking didn't. I, I it, Honestly, if that was my knee, the thing would have fucking exploded. Honestly. Like, I think they would have had to amputate my leg. If More than likely. What happened to me happened. So, point being, I think he may come back. I don't know. But the Bucks got to step up. They got two wins to get to the finals. I will be there for game six, by the way, in Milwaukee at the Deer District. So, I'll try to be bringing us a W. But uh, go Bucks. That's what I'm watching this week, too. So. Let me know when you're driving past and you can come visit the house quick. Hell yeah, dude. Take That's a, a great idea. Meet the puppy dog. Fuck yeah. Dude, done. done. Anthony, what Easy. are you watching? All right. Well, I watched All Caught Up on Loki. We don't really need to go through that yet because you guys missed the newest episode. But Somehow on this time off, I'm too lazy to watch one episode <laughs> of uh, the one show that everyone is like talking about. While he's watched 15 episodes of Love Island, by the way. <laughs> That's all right. Which I see are still his, like hour long episodes. I see ridiculous. where his priorities lie. It's okay. Yeah. The Scottish chick. That's where they yep. lie. Um, she's in one of my favorite couples on the show, though. Nice, nice, nice. I will say we talked about this a little bit before we started recording, and Jim didn't agree. But I think of the three Marvel shows, this is my favorite so far, just through five episodes. You know, I think there's five out now. Four. It is four. Yeah. Okay, I'll yeah. give it. A, I was I'll, gonna say then I'm two behind and I feel even worse. No, I'll give no, it a chance. I'll give it a chance. Um, WandaVision to me kicked off really well, but then faded. So that, Anthony, exactly. I, I I could see where you're coming from if this thing keeps bringing it because I'd almost rather the show start off a little dull and then kick it better. into gear. Yeah. So I can agree with that, but I'll say based upon the three episodes, I still think WandaVision's by and large number one of the three shows. Well, and that Loki is probably better than Falcon and the Winter Soldier thus far. Yeah, I'd be interested to hear, because the third one was a bit of a filler. Um, mm-hmm. This one, a lot of shit goes down. And a lot of reveals. Okay, that's a good lot to know. Going into it. I like it. And stay for the credits. I heard, I read yeah, that. I heard there was a mid credit scene. Lights so. Camera Barstool, I saw that they said there's a mid credit scene, so yeah. shout out to them. What are we doing shouting out another pod on our pod? Uh, well, we've got plenty of listeners. Maybe we'll give them some more. Yeah, share the love, right? (laughs) Because I'm sure they need it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, So, yeah, I'm sure we can discuss that in greater detail next week. But, again, yeah, really good this week. Um, And then for a movie, I watched uh, Greenland with Gerard Butler. It came out, like, last year. And it's basically a disaster movie. Him and his family are just trying to survive and get to Greenland, essentially, with this comet coming down to Earth and basically just bits and pieces keep crashing into Earth and causing all sorts of disasters, and eventually a giant piece is going to come and basically kill Obliterate everything. Obliterate everyone. Except Greenland is high enough, you know, whatever, above the ocean or something. That when it lands in the ocean, it's not going to get flooded or whatever. So that's the point why they're trying to get there. It was actually a solid flick, though. You know, it does what it came to do. It's just a solid disaster movie. It's not like a great, you know, I'd give it like a six or seven out of ten. You know, just a decent. Sometimes I love those disaster well, yeah. movies, though. Right. It didn't. You know, they're do... all a little bit the same. Exactly. The big one that sticks in my memory was 2012. I that. actually did, was a relatively big fan of that one. And well, and uh, I, I guess day after tomorrow long. too was one. Of the day after ones. tomorrow also. That's good. a. That's kind of a. Our cult classics. That was like one of the first ones. <laughs> yeah, know, of like it doesn't that big disaster movie genre. It us. unfortunately doesn't hold up very well. Uh, but day it, after tomorrow, doesn't. no, not not in the slightest. 
That's depressing. Well, I mean, I just remember him being in the library and burning books to yep. like keep warm, as as you can literally see like the ice creeping along the floor. I, I always yeah, forget I mean, that Jake Gyllenhaal's in that movie too. Yeah, fair, fair point. <laughs> he doesn't love Gyllenhaal though. I know, I do. Big Gyllenhaal guy, but yeah, Greenland and Loki. That's yeah, I, I watch. All right, well, I'll try. I'll try to get him back into Loki. I'm gonna try. I consider myself hyped for episode four of Loki. Oh yeah, Ooh. strong words from Anthony. So Ooh. I, I trust his opinion. Thanks, Ooh. Jim. Means a lot. Gotcha. Baba booey. It's the I don't know why I even pull up the sound when Scott's gonna do it himself, anyways. Too. <laughs> I'm excited. Game five tonight. I know. Go I'm box. just kidding. Um, hype horn this week. I want to lead off. I want to lead off because I want to talk about Halloween Kills first. Uh, boys, I'm fucking mega hyped for this. After this trailer, I am mega hyped for this movie. The trailer was pretty fucking cool. I like that Lori and her daughter and like granddaughter, I believe, are going to try and take the fight to Michael, it no, seems. No, that's not what I like. That's not what I like. What I like about this resurrected version of Michael Myers he is fucking slaughtering people and this is how oh, yeah. it should be like this is where the rob zombie movies got it wrong he had a lot of, he had some kills but not enough in the credits or in the trailer alone we got like 10 kills well, yeah i it, think it, that's it, part of the reason why the movie is called halloween kills because i read yeah that there's gonna be like more <laughs> deaths in this movie than any other Halloween. This movie. is how it should be because <laughs> sweet Haddon, Haddonfield is so big on Halloween. People are running around everywhere. He will have targets left and right. Like he should just be fucking. And and you know I'm gonna say it to make it a better movie. Put some kids in there. <laughs> Slay the kids. I I'm just saying to it's make it realistic. I don't think that's that controversial. To say. I don't either because movies refuse to go there. If they went there, it'd be horrifying. Yeah, be well, he shouldn't agreed. He shouldn't yeah. discriminate. You know, hundred. Well, the whole idea is Halloween's all about kids. Like, I I mean I maybe yeah I'm, they're the ones that are out in force right, right. so but no it looks, I hope they kind of uh, latch onto the supernatural sort of side of him too. You know, like. Because yeah. Laurie says in the trailer, like, no ordinary man can survive that fire. Michael is, like, pure evil or something. And I think I I think that leaning into the supernatural a little bit but not being so campy as some of the previous movies is probably not that bad of a thing. Yeah, you can't you can't go full ghost, but, like, you can do a little bit. You know, like, you, you can... Yeah, or, yeah. like, he's getting out of tight spots where, obviously, he shouldn't be able to, or, like, pulling through, like, wounds he shouldn't be able to survive. I think that th- that's important to the character to be frank agreed agreed based on the trailer does it look to you guys that like the town is teaming up to like hunt him down <laughs> kind of love that. a little bit which i'm there for <laughs> it's there just for. gonna be so outrageous because he's gonna kill so many people i have <laughs> at I one am... point they're like mapping out his kills and they're like it's the line is pointing straight at his home you know yeah so like i'm there for that like them going on the hunt for him because I think that's going to lead to like some kooky traps that he could get caught in and then get out of. Yeah. I have breaking news, Anthony. Uh, Trey Young is out tonight again. Fuck-ay. So Bucks can do this. Anyway, back to Halloween. I'm very excited. Yeah. Very. I, the problem I thought, though, was that they maybe showed a little too much. Or you could look at it. It was think, a long trailer. I think you could look at it two ways, it. though. They showed a ton of kills, like Scott said. Is so there going to be that many more? That's exactly. what I'm wondering. That's my point. Like, uh, did they show all of them, or is there? does that just mean there's like three times as much? So they have I to don't, like, 
give you a tease. I don't need the typical Michael Myers, like, let's walk around the corner, walk around the corner. If he's just slaughtering people this whole movie, better fucking movie. A hundred He kills, like, five firemen in the first that, 30 that, seconds that's of the trailer. That's what got me mega hyped, was, like, him just going at the firefighters, them bringing an axe in. Like, this is what Michael Myers should be. Like, this is perfect. And, and if they brought back Friday the 13th, this is how they should do it, too. Just, these guys are fucking superhuman. They're going to kill everyone they see. They don't discriminate whatsoever. No. So, let's just fucking Are you saying go. you want a sequel to the Danielle Panabaker, Jared Padalecki, Christ. Friday the 13th? Because I, I think it, that. I think but... it deserves one. I think it deserves Chill. one for what they did. <laughs> no, no. For, to, to, to fix what they did, they fucked oh. up. They, and... Okay. And just answer our question if Trent is um, dual universe with Transformers. That's oh, what we need go. to know. That's yeah. what we need to Because, like, just as imagine... a reminder, we gave that movie an average score of 3.7 out of 10. Imagine, imagine, but imagine you're watching that movie and out of nowhere it ends with Optimus Prime versus fucking Jason. Okay. <laughs> No, I they'd mean, have to someone... lean into Fre- uh, Nightmare on Elm Street then instead. No, no, we are not doing Freddy vs. Jason Somebody again. Scott needs to give you an unlimited budget to make the movie you want to make. <laughs> I agree. I I'll need Michael Bay. I, got $50. I, need, I need Michael Bay. I need Alfred Hitchcock back from the dead. Like, I need a lot of things to, to make my perfect movie. Who's the but... star of your movie? Uh, it's Scott probably is. The Rock. Probably That's the Rock. who you just choose? Yeah. Then he just I... fights like Jason and Optimus Prime at the same time? probably um or you make the rock jason that could be another move too and like have him have dialogue i don't know i'm going too far here but (laughs) point being i actually am really hyped for this movie i think i think that all you need is to put my ass in the theater and have the halloween music blaring to start like i'm i'm there for it i love it best time of the year too the weather's beautiful like i love it love it definitely now jim i'll let you lead into this next one because okay so the next trailer we got is for clifford the big big red dog there is in fact a cgi red dog in this trailer starts off as kind of a cute looking puppy but then uh grows massive and is start busting out of this girl and i assume her dad's small new york city apartment i mean this did tug at my heartstrings a bit we were talking about this beforehand and i'm a sucker i used to watch like the animated yeah. show all the time back in the day i i had a thought like i think it was like three years ago where i was like if clifford was real like shit would go down you know because like well yeah think about the size of the poops you'd have to pick up from that dog oh yeah. i didn't even think of that yeah they don't even address that jeez you would need a shovel and like a I'm garbage trying to potty can. train that thing you would you flood would your your neighbors definitely need like a giant end loader or something well, and you know they're going to talk about that in the movie they'll make fun of it somehow probably, probably. um but i uh, at I one mean, point they do have people in those what what are they called like the gravity ball things yeah clifford's playing yeah. with them like it's fetch that's kind of fun um but if he bites into them he'd kill them just want to well yeah that bite him right in fucking half and Jim, then, or just I was gonna ask Jim quick because we did the, the freaking Tom and Jerry movie. Would you rather uh, have Clifford look like animated like that, or do you prefer this sort of live action? No, I like the way he is now, and it's not in like that uncanny valley of creepy as fuck. He looks. It pretty actually good, looks pretty decent, especially like when he's in puppy form. I guess. If you yeah. put if you put him Tom and Jerry style, 
you'd have to smoke a blunt for this movie. Like, I mean, yeah. you, it would be <laughs> probably not wrong. Something to see. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I guess that's like a mini hype. I'm not watching that in theaters. I'm just gonna throw that one out there. I'm not going to see it in theaters. But if that hits streaming at some point, you could probably sucker me into watching it. I feel like we'd have we'd probably review it more than likely. I bet I could convince you too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Anyways, fucks, next trailer we, we got here. Big trailer week sake, here. So. That's true. We get Tom <laughs> and Jerry. I'm sure we could make time for Clifford. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Many Saints of Newark has released a trailer. Oh. This is a prequel to The Sopranos, the HBO show. I've never seen Sopranos. I should. I've. Uh, I hear it's great. It's I've good. never watched it all the way through, and I remember when we first started doing this pod, like I was into it, and I just fell off. Not fell because off. it was bad. But I was I love it. I'm like after watching this trailer though, I'm thinking I really need to jump back in because it was it's. I great. watched the pilot with Angie and she was uninterested and that mm. was the problem at the time because I didn't have much time to watch a big HBO show on my own. Right. But now maybe this now is, is the opportunity. I think this is your typical guy show. That's a, it's a guy show. The so. best. My two main takeaways was that it's awesome to see james gandolfini's son playing tony soprano young Very playing version. young tony that's soprano awesome. that's sweet and then the very end of the trailer they just bring in the show's fucking main intro song to to cap off the trailer i thought i was just pumped it was great yeah. i love it's it fucking sweet yeah i'm excited to see i mean and i'm not sure i'll watch this movie unless i get through sopranos which, but I I think this movie will probably get a lot of hype. Oh, it's yeah. a prequel, you should be good to go. The thing so. is, is, yeah, that the nice thing about it being a prequel, you probably, other than knowing, because some But if they're going to wink and nod to stuff that happens in the show. Probably, probably. In a way, because there's younger versions of characters that are in the show. So watching the show would, you know, you could you would understand. Would obviously fill me in. It would definitely help with, I think, like names and stuff mm-hmm. like that, for sure. But, yeah, I'm pumped. I think I thought it looked really good. So... I'm excited for that. Sweet. So one thing I added this week that I didn't necessarily talk to you guys about, but we'll call it release radar. Um, I, new segment alert. Some, these are just upcoming movies now that theaters are opening back up. I felt we need to do our due diligence and talk about what's coming up and when it's coming. Space Jam A New Legacy has a July 16th release date for HBO and in theaters. The M. Night Shyamalan movie oh, yeah. Old... Has a release date of July twenty three, as well as Snake Eyes is the same day. I um, that's the GI Joe uh, prequel. Every is, time I see a new trailer for that old, I'm I'm more excited. Looks fun. I'm hyped on old. Yeah, it yeah. looks, it looks good. sweet. Is Jungle Cruise is that the one with the that's rock, the Disney Plus one? Emily yeah, Blunt's. correct. And Emily Blunt yeah. based upon the ride at the park. Looks fun. That's coming out on July thirty to Disney Plus Premium and theaters. And we also have the new A twenty four movie the green knight coming that out on july 30 fucking epic yeah i'm really excited for green have you seen knight. the trailer that for that so yet scott cool. i have, I have not oh, didn't we do that on high porn one week i thought i probably was off the show it looks awesome it looks yeah. like i have no idea what's going on but yeah I what i'm wondering if i need to look into some of my arthurian like yeah it's supposed do to do some reading some before sort of we go like see it. knights of the round table ish type right. shit. but like sir gawain and guinevere i think yeah. aren't they the two that go together yeah, but it looks. Adam Bremer, feel free to text me and tell I'm tell me I'm way wrong. Super pumped for that one. Um, I think that's Dev Patel is like the main character. Correct, I believe he's yeah. starring. But um, yeah, looks like it. I trailer looks gorgeous. The cinematography is amazing, and I truly have no idea. I always what the love f- the look of A twenty four stuff, so I'm on. fucking hyped. Yeah, looks really good. 
All right. I saw the trailer again earlier this week. Made me want to go back and watch Midsummer because I haven't watched that since Ugh. I like bought the Blu-ray. God. Might as well. Might as well. All right. Well, yeah, like I said, I got the time on my hands. So, I know what you're thinking. It's your favorite time of the week. We're gonna do the review. A little something new this week, and going forward, we're changing it up a little bit. Okay. I know you may. I don't know who may love the whole two hours of uh, following the script that we do, but we three as a collective have decided we can change this up and still make it just as fun. So what we're going to do instead is every week, each one of us is going to pick a little piece of the movie that we want to talk about. And we can, we're going to get pretty unique with it this week. I think we'll kind of prove how unique we're going to get with this. Um, and we're going to talk about it. And then after that, we'll do a little bit of cleanup and score it. Going to speed the episodes up. It's going to make it a little bit more fun, make us a little bit more unscripted, and I think that's what makes us best. So I'm excited for these changes, guys. I think this week is a beautiful time to try it because Anthony and I know this movie so fucking well that it's kind of like a cheat code to start with this one, but <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it, it's, it's, it's exciting to uh, kind of go off the cuff a little bit, and that's what we're going to do this week. Yeah. And AJ, you now have no complaints about listening to the whole episode. That's right. We're trying to shorten them up a little bit, so go back to the beginning, you jerk, because I'm sure you skipped the review. <laughs> well, there it is. And uh, not to, like, act like we're copping out, I think it makes all three of us, though, definitely much more larger platform to talk about the certain aspects that we liked about the movie, because going through the script, it made it hard for the three of us to jump in and really talk about parts of the movie that were that we liked individually and yeah, i think this is going to be a little bit more free yeah form, I think. and i'm gonna love good. i'm gonna love hearing the parts that you guys loved and then just you know going back and forth about why it was so good or you know what we agree on and stuff like that so i i can't wait it's gonna be so fun. and the other and the other thing with that too i i know you guys um probably feel the same way i did but not writing notes for the entire movie was pretty nice uh, oh yeah i'm just gonna go out there and say that because um you know like we do this every week we probably take about two and a half hours to watch the movie and then we record for two and a half five hours is a lot of time in our lives so if we can shorten this i think that's great for us and it's gonna just make for better content that we're gonna produce but that being said let's let's start with what we're gonna talk about i am going to talk about the flashbacks of this movie to Mel Gibson's wife getting killed. That is what I'm going to focus on, and I will tie it all in to the ending of this movie because it's fucking beautiful, in Should my opinion. Should we get an IMDb? Yeah, Yeah, Jim. I'll get a synopsis here for us quick. So Signs originally came out in 2002. Um, a family living on a farm finds mysterious crop circles in their fields, which, which suggests something more frightening to come starring mel gibson joaquin phoenix rory culkin abigail breslin there's three culkins apparently i did not know that this guy's face looks exactly like the other two though so i wasn't surprised when i read that yeah yeah all right m night Shyamalan makes a appearance in his own movie he does it was directed and written by m night Shyamalan. yes all right, so I said what I'm going to talk about. Jim, what are you going to be talking about? I'm going to talk about all of the introduction and lead-up suspense to the reveal of what the mystery of the movie is. Yeah, and Anthony? I'm going to just focus on Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, it is one God. of my favorite... He's a fucking gem in this movie. One of my favorite 
Joaquin performances, and it's so different than anything else you've really seen him in, especially Facts. recently. You think about this as the same guy that played fucking Joker. Like, messed with me a little bit when I saw that. Unbelievable. And, like, yeah. even a hateable character like he is in Gladiator as Commodus, like, this is, like, so off the riff, but I absolutely love it. So we just need yeah. to, like, talk about him. All right, Jim, obviously with you being the build-up, I think we got to start with you here. That's probably most appropriate. Um, so we're thrown what the mystery kind of early here, like very opening scenes. Uh, Graham Hess, played by Mel Gibson, is like asleep in his bed, or I believe actually maybe possibly brushing his teeth. And uh, here's his kids screaming from out in the yard. That they, they you now flash outside and you're shown like this is a farmhouse surrounded by cornfields. Uh, Merrill Hess also is running out the door to the screaming, which is played by Joaquin Phoenix. Um, and they both go run into the cornfields, find one of their, one of the kids, Bo, which is Abigail Breslin. Um, that's Graham's daughter, um, standing in the field. Um, pause, pause like, there because Abigail Breslin is fucking cutest kid in this, in this movie. Both the kids are adorable, but I mean, Bo is just the cutest fucking thing in, in, in the entire world. So, um, yeah, and she's like under the age of five. It seems yeah, she's yeah. very little. Not a bad she's performance either. Talent, talent. She kind of turns to Mel Gibson or Graham and says, "Are you in my dreams too?" So she thinks she's dreaming. She's out there in like her nightgown or pajamas. So like she crawled out of bed to do whatever they're doing in the cornfield. Eventually, they hear the screams of like uh, his son Morgan, played by Rory Culkin, um, and event like. Uh, Mel Gibson kind of turns and runs towards the noise and and ends up in like a hundred foot wide crop circle. Yeah. You know, all flattened and and beautifully flattened, like every single piece of. Yeah, they're all perfect. Yeah. And not like snapped off. They're just bent, which is another point in the movie at one point where he's talking to the cops because he thinks it's like some kids in town or something fucking with him. It's actually who is it, Anthony? Who's he thinking? That <laughs> Lionel Pritchard and the Wolfington boys. Wolfington—that's what it is. <laughs> yes, couldn't remember the name. Oh my god! I love that. Like this entire crop circle conspiracy is immediately planted on Lionel Pritchard and the <laughs> Wolfington brothers. Like they, who has the time to do this? It's insane. And and the cop at one point has a beautiful line when she says. They can't take a piss without wet in the front of their pants, which I fucking love. But yeah, so true. Well, and so at the same time as he finds his kid in the crop circle, there's dogs barking, and like their two German shepherds are running around the crop circle at the same time. So the dogs are loose, running in the circle, as well as uh, his son, who says to him, "I think God did it," and he just kind of grabs Mel Gibson by the chin and turns his face towards the crop circle because Graham had not realized what he was standing in. Yeah, yeah, and, 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 which we'll find out eventually. And if you guys want to stop me from talking about this now, it's that Graham used to be the town minister, right? Um, and six mo- six months or so ago, when his wife was killed, he kind of lost his faith and left all that. So, like, this is an interesting line to me from the son, who obviously was probably raised incredibly religiously. And in right. a little IMDb fun, uh, M Night Shyamalan so thought the scariest part of this movie was that a man who was so faithful in the past could lose his faith. That's what he thought was the scariest part of this movie, which is interesting, to say the least. I don't agree with that statement. It's maybe depressing because you never want to see anyone like just completely lose their worldview. Like, that's the worst. 
when and, something terrible happens to him. Yeah, I mean, there's clearly a quite the god complex in this movie. I mean, it's very religiously based, but it doesn't like pick an avenue of what, what religion. But it involves yeah. They they God. all call him Father, which screams Catholic. But right. then he calls himself both a reverend and a minister at other points. Yeah, like the cop that shows up to interview him keeps calling him Father, and he has to keep correcting. Him. He's like, <laughs> not a father anymore, just Graham. Yeah, I don't know. This is a pretty well done, you know, opening, you know, ten minutes or so because like clearly, you know, when you see crop circles, the first thing you think is aliens, but like. They do such a good job of, you know, whenever you go into an alien movie, you're thinking a big shoot 'em up, you know, sort of thing. I love how they focus on like one family, mm-hmm. and like oh, yeah. what, you know, you never see the individual family complex in an alien movie, and like that's what they're setting up here for this whole movie, and you're with this family the whole time. So it's interesting the way they do it, and it really sets the tone for the what they go through, you know, the rest of the way. Well, and eventually the family's watching the news, too, and apparently all these crop circles are popping up all over India, too. And, like, that the news says it's too big of an effort for, like, it to be a small group of people. They would have had to have an international effort to put together all the crop circles that are popping up all over the world. And, right. and, and like, I love, too, that you get the perspective of what a small town, the way that they would react to it. Because, like, the cop is immediately going on, like, people are in on it but how could people be this many people be in on it and right um you know i i i I picture our town anthony being incredibly similar to you know with the town anthony and i grew up in very similar to this town like that's why i think we can kind of vibe with this movie so much is because it's like small town vibe you know it's it's great that's why I real was quick so i got horrifying. two other main plot points i want to talk about on the buildup of this mystery that unfortunately are never really concluded in my opinion so Bo, the daughter at multiple points is like drinking from a cup of water and she's like oh the water tastes funny or it's contaminated she says um and my assumption when we finally get introduced to the aliens and whatnot is that they were doing something to the water you know but that is never explained Ooh, that true, I, never even, a bit. I never even thought about that yeah yeah additionally like like their dog houdini at one point he pees on the floor inside the house like a lot and like the one of the kids says that she think that he or she thinks he's sick so they take him outside and like are gonna get him some water and she says the contaminated water line again Um, right and as she's about to give the water to him the dog starts growling and eventually jumps up and like bites the air where her hand was and eventually i believe isn't it the the sun like kills it kills with like it. a barbecue fork or something? Yes, I have a question on this, and I'm curious of your guys' opinion. Do you think the dogs can see the aliens? I don't know if they can see them, but I think well, and that's the explanation I wanted was like, are the aliens doing something to the animals? And well, that's why the dog was freaking it's out right before that scene. The the cop is out there with Graham, and should they're going over the field, and she makes the comment about how a couple other animals in the area have been acting, you know, real aggressive. Yeah. Know, yeah. Almost like, and their other dog is still like barking and being crazy, right. but it hasn't tried to attack one of the children at all. So I'm assuming just by the presence, I don't know if they have maybe seen them yet, but you know how animals are. They can sense yeah. things. They can probably sense right. that something just isn't right. And that's probably what caused, you know, the lashing out is what I would think. You know, I think that's, Probably. I firmly believe that too. Like the day I got my second COVID shot, I felt like I got hit by a truck. So after I was done with work, I went and sat on the couch, and Sophie just ran right up to me, and napped with me for like four or five hours. Yeah, because she knew I wasn't feeling good. I don't think. Right. 
yeah, really interesting for sure. I think, but yeah, so neither of those things are ever really explained, and that frustrated me about the movie. Yeah, well, I I really do think like what Anthony said, it's their predatory instincts and um, you know just protect mode basically, but causing them to act funny towards humans too because they're. Well, and dogs have good sense of smell too. If someone strange is there, because didn't they? Obviously, the crop circle was there. So, and we've revealed already in our review that aliens created the crop circles. Yeah. Right. So like they can smell someone strange on the property and they're right. going to be weird. Like that doesn't super surprise me. Yeah. As far as like, you know, and we can kind of jump ahead here cause it's not real, you know, set forward the way we're doing this. But as far as the water goes, I think that is just supposed you're unfortunately Jim, I don't know if there's much more of an explanation other than you're supposed to just like call it fate. Like yes. Bo just, happened you know she yeah so she's leaving half drink cups of water water, over the house and spoiler alert you know the aliens end up being weak to water but it's just like they like dissolve when water is on right so So like in the final quote-unquote fight even though there's not much fighting in this movie right i think that's just what you're supposed to chalk it up to is that you know there is a higher power looking out for them Mm -hmm. because she you know didn't like so many waters she just was able to leave them laying around and it just so happened to help them out in the end you know well like there's a whole conversation at one point between graham and merrill merrill is getting worried about all the crop circles and graham is like do you believe in luck or do you believe that something is out there looking out for you we'll go through and that eventually, whole scene believe me uh, merrill says that he believes someone is out there looking out for them and there is a higher power right which is interesting to say to your ex uh religious brother Oh, believe me, Jim, we'll go through that whole thing. Cause Good, me, because it's a great scene. That yeah. is the best scene of the movie. And, and one of the better scenes of all movies, in my opinion. I think we'll, it's great. I we'll agree. get there. We'll get there. But we need to get to probably one of my favorite scenes of the movie, Jim. And I don't know if you had this in your part of them running around the house. Please tell me that you did. I, I didn't really have that marked down, but... The, it is part of the buildup of the mystery. At some point, they hear people outside, right, and on the roof of the house. You can see so, the alien on the roof. Yeah, too. you do. You see it standing there for a moment. But, like, Merrill wakes Graham up, I believe, and, like, they believe it's the Wolfington brothers again. <laughs> Lionel Pritchard and the Wolfington. No, Mel Gibson said, Lionel Pritchard and the Wolfington brothers are back. As he sees someone on the roof, he yeah. just assumes it's Lionel Pritchard fucking with him still. <laughs> yeah, so Merrill says, we're going to run outside on opposite directions around the house. Act all crazy, like cursing and saying you're going to kick the shit out of him or something. Yeah. And Graham, and I like this a lot about his character. He's like, when I curse, it doesn't sound natural because he's like the town reverend, right? So I think that's hilarious. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Because like he's, he's running outside and he just goes, I'm insane with anger. That's like his only <laughs> But then you just cut to like Merrill. Uh, running around I'll beat your ass bitch <laughs> yeah, he's just and and then mel gibson at one point goes i'm losing my mind like it's just so but then he eventually says it's time for an ass whooping yeah and then I and love it sounds they, totally unnatural just like he said it does and they meet up and he goes i cursed meryl i heard <laughs> <laughs> the dialogue in this movie is on another level like the dialogue is the shining star of this movie. I, <laughs> I don't know oh, how yeah. you come up with some of the stuff they say in this, but I mean, I'm sure whether or not you know it's me going over just some of the best parts of of Joaquin Phoenix or even Scott, you'll probably get to some stuff. But mm-hmm. I don't know. At yeah. one point, they do go into town too, and like 
I didn't quite get it, but Meryl visits like an army recruiting office. <laughs> and at the same time, the kids go to a bookstore and uh, Graham gives him money to buy a book. As he's in there, uh, Morgan, the son, asks about books on extraterrestrials. And like the bookstore owner is sitting there watching TV and he's like, they've been talking about these extraterrestrials in crop circles for like 12 hours and I've seen 12 soda mm-hmm. commercials. Then just in the middle of them shot, looking at books, he shouts, 13. 13! <laughs> and, and I love when he asks him, uh, he asks the book o- bookstore owner, do you have any books about extraterrestrials? And she says, one came an accident and a shipment. And yeah, also and they kept says, it for the city folks. For the city folk. I thought that was really fucking funny. Uh, I mean, that was Yeah, like and then a, the guy is sitting there saying, I've seen 13 soda commercials, and yeah. they're thinking that the city folks are the crazy ones. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, and then the, rec- the the recruiting office, Anthony, maybe this is where you take over. I don't know. I mean, I mean, we yeah, can. Yeah, because this was interesting and did come back up. Yeah, yeah go ahead, Anthony. Let's I don't do really have, I can't impersonate this guy, but we get like this <laughs> drill sergeant character or, you know, I, a, recru- I, I, let a recruiter. Me try. Let me Let me try. Let me try. For the rest of them, they're waiting in the shadows, like at night, looking around, blending in, waiting for what? For the rest of them, like he's just so creepy, like and his has his arms folded. Well, he's got a he's got a cup of coffee in his hand the whole time, and he's just sitting there, just straight faced, like laying down this whole like reconnaissance mission that he thinks is going on, and. The whole time, which we eventually find out is kind of what the aliens are right. doing too. So that's interesting. He's not wrong. He wasn't not wrong. wrong. Um, but at the same time, you get just Meryl like totally confused. He like thinks the guy's a fucking whack job, and he's just like, "You got a pamphlet or something I can read?" He's <laughs> just like, "Quit talking." To yeah, me, let me read. But I guess you know, are we just doing this right now? Are we doing? Yeah, we'll shift Meryl to you. Yeah, let's shift, talk about we'll the baseball bit because that's important for later. Yeah, so. You know, it's this scene we find out that Merrill used to play minor league baseball and the guy recognized him, you know, and he has a couple, five, I believe, minor league home run records, his farthest one being 507 feet. Um, is that really far or is it not really? That's, that's pretty far. That's a bomb. Baseball. That's a bomb. It, it's a bomb, Sweet. but it's not like, it's not like fake far. Like someone could no. hit one okay. that far. Yeah. No. Like so, MLB records, like 550, something like that. So, so. someone could have So it's within poke and range of that. Right. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, he's recognized for being a pretty good baseball player, but you know, we finally meet Lionel Richard in this or Lionel Richard Lionel Pritchard. Lionel Pritchard. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah. Wow, there you go. Yeah, right. <laughs> Getting me confused. Yeah, and he chimes into the conversation saying that also Merrill had the minor league strikeout record, right? Because every single swing every single uh pitch he would swing at to which, ignore his coaches and whatnot. To which I get one of the best life model lines I've ever heard in my life, and it just felt wrong not to swing. I love that. I say that. I say that. Put to, that on my tombstone. I say that to like so that. many people all the time for anything. If they're just like, "Well, why didn't you do that?" and I just go, "Felt wrong not to swing." Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's perfect, you know. Um, but it kind of like tells you what you need to know about Merrill. He's, you know, he obviously is somewhat of a failure, but he's always willing to like keep fighting i guess and you know to just kind of give him more background he moved in with graham after his wife had passed away to kind of help out with the kids so it's you know he's a good character guy he lives in like you know the house or like a loft almost in the barn next to the house um but always willing to do anything for the kids and his brother and 
like I said, this performance by Joaquin Phoenix is just so elaborate. Like it's, it's partly comedic just in some of the lines they give him, but also very serious. Like if we talk, like I'll leave that to you, Scott, the scene where they're talk discussing faith and whether or not they yeah. believe in anything. Like the two of them right there are just firing. Like on yes. all well, cylinders. this whole like felt wrong not to swing thing screams like of like he had faith that he would be able to find the ball. Every right. Time he swung. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, and you know what? If we want to get into some of the stuff like <laughs> Scott and I's favorite, like the sarcasm he has when he talks mm-hmm. about, you know, the cop is discussing who could have been running around on their roof. And she brings up that some Scandinavian Olympians are very athletic and women and they can run around and jump clear over her and stuff like that. And Meryl goes, aside from the fact that a Scandinavian female Olympian was running around on our roof last <laughs> night, what else could be the possibilities? Like, I don't know who else could do it. It's a gem of a line. Yeah, oh, I don't great. know who else could deliver it with such, like, sarcasm, but at the same time, like, you know, not in, like, a hokey way. You know, you, yeah. you bought it for the tone of the movie at that point in time, but you can tell that he's... Yes, he's being sarcastic, but clearly he's scared from what he yeah. saw the night before. Like, he's just confused and wants answers. So, I don't know who else you could have had play this role, to be honest. Well, I mean, Mark Ruffalo was, was cued in. Yikes. Supposed I saw to that. be the guy, and he got The movie hurt. dodged a bullet there. Right. Um, yeah, that would have been rough. I, yeah. I think it worked out for the better. It did. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And if we want to just kind of move forward, I mean, he ends up being, you know, sort of the unsung hero of the movie. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, if we kind of just jump to his arc concludes with him, you know, swinging away. I'll let Scott kind of discuss more about that. I was going to say, is this the point where we should talk about the flashbacks to the wife's death? Well, so there's too many important lines you got to put in there with Meryl though, Anthony. I mean, one of my favorites is the cop asks him, How's work at the gas station? And he just goes stimulating. <laughs> it's just amazing. Well, then you gotta talk about the TV. I you guess. Have to. Yeah, you're right. So it's after the they watch. It's after the big scene on the couch. Um, Graham had yeah. fallen asleep, and Meryl has now wheeled the TV like under the stairs into like the storage closet, and he's watching harry potter watching tv watching the news and he's talking about how he wheeled it in there for the kids safety and they they shouldn't be watching this stuff because they might get obsessed while he's like an inch from the screen Uh telling him you know and he's like yeah they should be playing furry furry rabbit or (laughs) what's furry furry rabbit it's a game isn't it it's a game (laughs) isn't it so he's clearly become obsessed himself with like trying to figure out what's all going on but it's in this closet where we probably get I'd say I don't know where to rank it, but one of the scariest scenes I had seen, 100%. I had seen, you know, in a movie, especially at this point in my life, um, the famous, you know, Brazil homemade video scene, where the we first get our first, you know, real glimpse. You know, you see one on the roof a little bit in earlier in the movie, but when it walks across the scene at that birthday party, I mean, his reaction I think was everybody in the theaters. Yeah. I can imagine the first time seeing it, like, oh, it was sheer fear. And like, they were very sparing with the alien footage too, which I think was, helped. Was good, yeah. Because yeah. it, but also I kept rewinding to see the, the shots again. Right, and that's what I think. 
you know, it helps, like I talked about earlier, this being focused just on one family and not just like another big, you know, shoot 'em up, you know, War of the Worlds type movie. You really get to see the fear on the home front of like, you know, this is what would really happen to like one of our families if this shit actually went down. You'd be sitting right. there watching the news and someone would get like the first footage and you'd just be like, you'd be, you, you finally know that there's something else out there and like the, the sheer fear and like, you know, almost shock in seeing something like that. I can't imagine, you know, and I thought he sold it perfectly. And the aliens look pretty good too. Yeah. Yeah. For the time period too. And, and absolutely cool, not a lot of bad CGI here. Cool part about that scene was the man holding the camcorder was M night Shyamalan. How awesome is that? Like yeah. he was the one sweet. is uh, yeah, pretty sweet. And so. just deciding to film it, you know, with a, handheld camera too i mean it's a small choice to make and probably an easy one you know you're going for a shot like that but it just well it's a good detail when like that needed to be quote-unquote like found footage right you know it adds it adds just that much more to the to the scene you know it just being more personal i guess right because it's supposed to be a home video of like this brazilian kid's birthday party when they saw it or caught it on video right right and he's got all the kids like jostling around him so like as much as I hate shake, <laughs> shaky cam, it was necessary yeah, and made it's, sense. And it just the, goes to show again, like, in a super serious scene, he somehow is able to, like, provide some sort of comical relief. Like, the kids <laughs> are piling in front of the camera in the window where the thing's going to walk by, and he's just screaming at the television. He's like, move, children! Vamanos! Vamanos! <laughs> like, away so he can see what's going on. It's, I don't know, it's just one of my favorite joaquin performances and i'm sure i'm missing a ton of great lines and i'm sure we can we'll talk about it later if we get into some of our favorites other favorite things towards the end but i don't know i think he's he's definitely the second lead in this movie behind mel but i i think he really brings the movie together to be honest 100 percent, 100 percent. well let's uh i'm gonna try to wrap this up with a beautiful little arc of uh kind of how these flashbacks happen and we well, have this, to st- yeah i mean this goes this is yeah this ties the whole, ties the whole the movie thing together it. so to me um the beauty behind these flashbacks is just unbelievable and and the detail that Shyamalan's put into this movie is incredible but the first flashback we get begins with this discussion between um joaquin phoenix and mel gibson and the discussion itself is based upon Mel Gibson being asked by Merrill, is this, do you think this is the end of the world? Immediately, immediately Mel Gibson, Mel Gibson says, yes, he thinks it could be. And, and, um, Joaquin Phoenix Merrill is very confused by this because, you know, he had faith in the past, blah, blah, blah. And this is where we get this discussion of two different people. Either you think things happen for a reason or they don't. Either you see signs or you don't. Going into Anthony's discussion of Merrill, um, he tells this hilarious story of how he was he was going to make out with this pretty girl in high school on a couch at like this party he was at, but he had gum in his mouth, so he takes it out, and then he goes back and she threw up all over herself. That's how he knew he was a miracle guy, and so I think the beauty behind this scene is that's so funny and it's fun it lightens what is a really intense what mel gibson says next is he 
Merrill wants to know if he sees signs too still. And and Mel Gibson talks about when his wife died. What was the last thing that she said? And he says that the last thing that she said was that Merrill should swing away. Like swing away Merrill was the line that she said. And Mel Gibson says it's because her her brain nerves were firing and that's the last thing she could see was a look back into the t-ball game that they were he had back in the day or, or something. one of merrill's minor league games right and and he then delivers a line of there is no one out there we are all alone and he is looking him dead in the eyes like super serious this man has completely lost everything that he had in the past it's gone rightfully some, so some amazing I acting think. from mel gibson in my opinion too like i believed everything he said in this scene it was so great Right, and this immediately transitions into his the first flashback. We get the, to the scene of the crime that occurred back when his wife had died, and the first thing the, that um, that he asks the cop is if Ray Reddy is okay. Ray Reddy is the guy who hit um, his wife, and it turns out to be M. Night Shyamalan's character. Well, and it wasn't even necessarily a crime, but it was an accident. So Ray Reddy accident. apparently was yes. driving home, and... Graham's wife was walking on the side of the road. Yeah, he fell asleep at the wheel, swerved into her, and pinned the wife to a tree. So, like, her bottom half of her body was being held together by the fact that his truck was pinning her against the tree, and that's what was keeping her alive right. at the time. Not to right. jump This is in. explained a little bit later. Not to be... it is relatively important, so that's why yeah. she's still talking to him at one point here. Not to get off topic, Scott, but I almost saw you smirk. Were you thinking of Scary Movie 3? It's hard not to think of Scary Movie 3 in this movie because, like, especially when Jim was talking about the intro, it's so fucking funny when, like, Charlie Sheen is running through the cornfield, face balls, face balls. Like, he's just getting hit constantly with corn and, like, the spin arounds and all that shit. Like, it's, yeah, it's tough. Once Scary Movie 3 happened, signs, I think, went down a little bit because of it. It was the main plot for Scary Movie 3, which makes it hard. But I, at the same time, I still love it, though almost because you can yeah. make fun of the parts that are ridiculous and signs in that movie but yeah well this isn't a scary movie three pod but right least, I, it could be it if could we be. want it to be but second time we get a flashback we have to go all the way through almost the full movie where the aliens are finally attacking this family um a ton of other shit happens there but to me i think this is the most important parts of this we're going to talk about they are down in the basement, um, and they're trying to like get away from these aliens. Um, Morgan has asthma; that just needs to be mentioned. We'll get to that reason. And he's in process of having an attack too, and right. they don't have his inhaler or medicine. And in this moment, Mel Gibson is legitimately having a discussion with the higher power that is, saying like, "I hate you. You're doing this to me again." Like. How could you do this? And and eventually Morgan does start breathing normally again. And we they all go to sleep. They turn the lights out to, to kind of... They're safe. Everything's barricaded. They, they're away from these aliens. We get back to the scene of the crime. And the cop is telling more information of what's happening to his wife. She's basically pinned to this truck. like And if the truck moves, she's going to die. Uh, because she's cut in half basically it's a wild situation um, yeah, and graham straight up asked her he's like is this the last time i'm gonna talk to my wife and the cop says yeah that very powerful tough, yeah very mm-hmm. powerful moment um and then again they wake up all this cul- culminating to probably one of my favorite endings in 
cinematic history. Um, they they realize that the aliens are probably gone. Uh, they they are coming upstairs, and they, Morgan is placed on the couch because they need to get his medicine. And um, it, while Graham's the, back has turned, one of the aliens grabs and picks up Morgan. Right, and and while the alien has Morgan, we get the final flashback, and it's the final discussion that he had with his wife. And when he sees her, immediately she says a few things like, tell Bo and Morgan it's okay to play games, you know, be nice to your sister, blah, blah, blah. And then she says, um, tell Graham, which is him, to see. And it's such a powerful, like, the way she looks at him, like, see everything. And then she says, tell Meryl to swing away. So we go back to this room. Where alien is holding Morgan, about to poison him, because a- these aliens have poison. And it's like a, a poison gas, though, right. that comes out of their wrist. Yeah. So he's got his wrist over Morgan's mouth. And there's a bat hanging from Merrill's 507-foot home run, and he tells him to swing away. And Merrill just takes this bat and starts fucking smoking this alien, and eventually... He hits the alien so hard he backs up into the TV that one of Bo's water cups falls on him and oh shit, aliens hate. He's water. like the Wicked Witch of the West, so yeah. he's melting. They realize right. what can help now. What is the best part of this scene is the way that Bo and Mel Gibson look at each other. It's just hilarious to me. Like they're both just like And the, what the camera fuck? just pans out and there's just like seventy glasses of water in the living yeah. room. Yeah. It's it's amazing. And and so obviously well, this calm- the one thing we still need to talk about in that scene though, before we move on, I'm sorry. Yeah. Is that uh the alien does like squirt some poison at Morgan. True. Right. True. He but does. Once the living shit has been beat out of the alien, uh Graham grabs Morgan and runs outside and is yelling at Merrill, you know. His lungs were closed because he was having the asthma attacks and no poison got in. And this to me is like the powerful part of the movie because somehow like uh, Graham has now seen the signs, right? Yeah. From his wife and he somehow immediately has his faith returned. It's the whole thing. I mean, the whole movie is signs the entire time. Everything that's happening is culminating to this moment of, you know, like him restoring his faith and... Um, I just especially I just after it. he denied it the entire movie. Whenever anyone would call him father, he would always right. deny it, and now it's back. Right, and it, it took something like this to happen, where he saw the greater picture of all these things that couldn't just be coincidences anymore. Um, but um, eventually, yeah, go ahead, Anthony. Well, I maybe you were getting there. I don't know what, where were you going to talk about. I was going to talk about what Morgan says as he as he comes back. No, I wasn't. But go um, ahead. Just well. So they're laying in the yard as Graham or Meryl ends up, you know, killing the alien with the water glasses. Uh, and he, they think he might have died, but Morgan kind of wakes up and says, like, Dad. And then he asks if he says, did somebody save me? And Mel Gibson with, like, just looks. He's just seriously shooting 100% from three right now. And he just says, like, yeah, I think somebody did. And then, you know, that's, like, when, like Jim said, I think he got his entire life back on track after that moment because it's clear that someone probably was looking out for him at that point yeah well and to be clear i'm a luck guy you know but this scene makes for an amazing movie right right gives you goosebumps in the scene when you see all the pieces put together for sure so movie ends he becomes a priest again you know he's gonna practice his faith again everybody's happy aliens are gone because we fucked them up and that's you know basically the end of my portion of of this pod so 
We are going to go to a new segment that Anthony created out of nowhere. And what is it called, Anthony? I was just going to say we might have a little cocktail hour after this and just discuss any further things you guys... Full, full disclosure podcast, I've been having a cocktail hour this entire time. There you go. See, Scott so, came well prepared. Yeah. Um, I want to start, Anthony, with... Uh, we got to talk about Merrill's line about nerds. Oh I mean, that God. was one of the greatest things ever. Well, yeah, so it's in the scene where they're where they have Bo's baby monitor and they're kind of picking up, you know, the interaction between two of the aliens somehow on the other end. And at first, Meryl is, you know, in denial. He doesn't believe anything could quite happen, which later on in the scene he is fully convinced that they're listening to something strange. But just before that, when he's dismissing it all as like, you know, it's a group of guys that never had any girlfriends in high school, and they're just all getting together, and they have chat rooms with other guys that didn't have any girlfriends in high school, and they come up with these elaborate jokes to play on everybody to make them feel tough, <laughs> you know, and he just Isn't it Bo that then asks, like, why couldn't they get girls and girlfriends <laughs> yes, in high school? Yes, that's what she says as they're sitting there listening to the to the audio on the other end, but it's just it just goes to show you, like, that some of the the lines they have in this movie are just utterly ridiculous, but at the same time, it's completely amusing, but also like perfect for the characters that they're playing. So I don't know. It's just, this movie is just a perfect combination of just like, yes, ridiculousness, but at the same time, just, you know, everyday family interaction at the same time, you know, it's hilarious. I really like the scene where Graham comes back and the two kids are sitting on the, one of their beds reading the extra, extraterrestrial books. Yeah. And they got their tinfoil hats on. So the aliens can't read their private thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. And then eventually he comes back later and there the fuck is Meryl sitting Meryl. on too. Yeah. 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 It's um, I'll, I'll, gotta be talked about, um, when you grew up in a cornfield, the scene where Mel Gibson discovers the alien in the cornfield, holy fucking shit. Like, we don't need to go any detail more than that, but, like, oh, my God. Like, him just booking ass trying to get yeah. out of the cornfield when he gets in it, and mm-hmm. his another... line about the police are here, uh, the... but, you know, all this They got shit. your friends in the paddy wagon. Well, then he... another great line, too, by Mel when he's standing out in the circle, and he's just, you're not going to get famous. You know, still trying to hold on to the belief that it's just a bunch of people, like, trying to string a bunch of jokes together. But, yeah, that is a great scene. The suspense in that is insane. Well, and, and now talk, let's talk about this. The pantry scene where the only interaction we basically get combat with the aliens besides Meryl is Mel Gibson cuts this alien's fingers off eventually. And then is that the same one that grabs Morgan at the end? is the one at the yeah. end. Yeah. Jim, that scene took three weeks to film. The pantry scene? The pantry scene took three weeks to film. The dinner scene... Well, it probably scene, had the most CGI out of all of it, too. That was the most, like, plasticky-looking alien, I what, think. The fingers. What part of that took three weeks? I don't know. I, you're filming against, like, a fucking empty pantry door. Right. But still, like, what... I mean, I just don't get Maybe it. Maybe Mel I, wasn't happy with how he delivered his lines. I have a feeling mm-hmm. here's what happened. They were ready for three weeks. Mel decided to come at the end of the third week, and they were like, well, this took And just fucking weeks. deliver. Right, exactly. Like, he wasn't there the entire time. And, and Mel Gibson, they had to change his name on the script so nobody would know when he was going to be there because he was, like, a fucking megastar at the time. <laughs> so, yeah, that's fucking wild. It's but, insane. Uh, that's... There's a lot of great scenes in the movie that, you know, you guys should definitely get out and watch because it would take too long for us to discuss all of them, you know, into super right. great detail. But 
it's just like Scott and I said, I mean, this thing, this movie has been a part of our lives for the last 19 years, you know, and we yep. basically have it rehearsed to a T. So yeah. every line delivered is just, it just means so much. And it's to yeah, be frank too, when you guys were like underselling it at the end of last week's pod to me, you probably did me a favor because it probably increased my score because my expectations were lower, you know. There you go. Well, let's get into it, Jim. What is your score? Let's just go. I ended let's up go. giving the movie an 8 out of 10. I honestly think it was very original. I thought the acting was pretty fucking great. Joaquin Phoenix is amazing. You know, Mel Gibson, top-notch in this movie. So, yeah, 8 out of 10 for me. Wow. Okay, I did not expect that. Um, I'm just going to fucking do it. I'm giving it a 10. I don't give a shit. Of course I don't give a fuck. You are. Everybody's going to say he gives too many 10s. I don't give a fuck. This is a 10, okay? Because when I look back on movies in my life that I loved, this is going to be in my top five. 100% will be in my top five. That has to be a 10. I do feel this like is... it's incredibly rewatchable. Like, oh, I could yeah. sit back down and notice new things about it. You exactly. Know, now that we've talked about it. Right. And, and it's just so much fun the entire time. You get the comedy. You get the horror. You get the, you know, fate portion where you can feel good about the end of the movie every single time. Like, it's a 10. Like, just period. I would I could watch it every day for the rest of my life. And I would find something. I'd enjoy it. Like, I'm giving it a 10. Scott's going to kill me. Because if there was ever a movie to give a 10 based on just, you know, meaning Uh-oh. to us, oh. it would be this. I am. I don't want well, family falling out. It doesn't here. mean it, it's it's a. It's a oh. Scott. It doesn't. It doesn't eliminate. No, no, it's fine. It does it's not fine, eliminate any more importance it to doesn't. the two of us. You know, I gave it a nine. So relax. We're just talking about. You know, I'm just taking a little bit of a page from Jim's book. If we're talking about like, just how you know ten is is masterpiece, which I think this almost is to be honest, because it it's it's definitely I think my favorite. You know, even as um, how great. You know the six senses. So this is, I think, this is by far my favorite M Night Shyamalan movie. But um, it's a yeah. I mean, it's it's amazing. I think it's as close to a masterpiece as he's been to, to be honest. And I'll probably get ridiculed for that because the Sixth Sense is like critically acclaimed as well. But that popped up as the right. next suggestion on Prime for me. So I think I, I was hoping to watch that sometime this week too. But yeah, I didn't get a chance. I just think there's so many nuances to this movie, and yes, people ridicule it for the fact that. You know, oh, why would aliens come to a planet that's 70% water if they're fucking only, you know, dead? You know, the thing that can kill them is water. Like, yeah, that's kind of hard to ignore. Maybe they didn't. And, yeah, you know, it's just, I just think like we talked about it, the levels of this movie, the comedy, Well, they talk the about drama. it in the movie a little bit, too. They could have been pushed there by desperation, you know. Well, right. right. Pissed pissed through all their resources that was one of the things that you know the reasonings that they could have came up with exactly so right when you're almost out of gas you don't go to the gas station with the best price you go right. to the one and, that's nearest and you yeah. think about this i like what you said scott maybe they didn't know that water would kill them because well of course they didn't could, if they came there and you like, could have they... been you could just a caveman walking around wouldn't know that I don't know, like, maybe he wouldn't know that some sort of acid he's never seen before would kill him, you know, if he'd right. never seen and, acid before. So it's like... And they were they were in and out so fast, like, they clearly didn't know this affected them. If they did, they wouldn't have come here, right. obviously. But I'm so, saying, too, like, well, and then one thing is, like, what if it just rain? All it had to do was rain. Well, 
It does and rain. And somewhere in the world, they probably were getting rained out. Right. That's f- that's... They were in 365 cities. Yeah, that's but if so... they're going to fucking melt, then that's not going to make the news if there's no dead alien bodies lying around. Right. Correct. So, I mean, that's there's just a couple little holes, but I don't dig into that because I look at the stuff that, that the movie does successfully, and I think that's what, you know, I'm glad a lot of us get in, on the same page with that because it is, well, the acting, I think, is incredible, and the script is amazing, <laughs> and... I do. I love it. This is definitely at least a 9 out of 10 for me. I'm so glad we reviewed this for the pod, guys, because Hell I really yeah. like this movie. Fuck yeah, Jim. It's a long time Fuck coming, yeah. that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. so that that let's conclude that right there, because, guys, I want to talk about next week. I got a little theme that I want to start here. Um, you know, we, we, we were going to, we at one point, did some summer blockbusters. We did some blockbusters from each decade, whatever. I want to do something with the name Summer in it. And, boys, I have landed on one, and I'm curious if you think this is a good idea or not. I'd like to review I Know What You Did Last Summer. Ooh. Never seen it, so I'm there for it. Classic slasher. There you go. It's You think it's classic? We're going to watch it, and you're going to see how bad it is again. (laughs) But... It's going to make for great content, and there's plenty of things we can talk about. I would already like to dedicate... My entire review to Freddie Prince Jr. I'm just gonna throw that out there right now. It's gonna it's be where he just met Freddy. Sarah Michelle Gellar, power couple of the '90s. Correct. So I'm just gonna be Freddie. Just gonna throw that out there. <laughs> there right we now. go. God. Yeah. So. This was fun. I mean, I could talk about this movie specifically for three hours. You know. Right. There's just yeah. so much. You know, like Scott, we finally did it. You know, we finally we did, did the Signs podcast, and I feel like we're still just underselling it. You know. Well, you well. Here's the thing. Like, it so that's will the never... guy who gave it a nine instead of a well, ten. <laughs> I'm just. Here's the thing. It, a ten, a ten out of ten would... is you got to have some sacredness to it. You know. I agree. I, For our listeners, I, I know what you did last summer is currently streaming on HBO. And this oh, is yeah, on Amazon welcome. Prime. I don't know if we said that. Signs. Yes, correct. I don't know that I mentioned it in this episode. Yep. I know we did last week. But yeah, okay. Signs is currently on Prime. Yep. Small, I mean, like, honestly, though, just watching this and being able to talk about it on a podcast that we have as a 26 and 27-year-old people here, it's just fucking cool. Like, this is what we do it for right here. Like, we love this movie so much. And, like, I'm sure plenty of people will hear this and be like, what do they see? But guess what? We have that bond. We yep. have that about movies. And the other thing I want you to think about after listening to this, what is that movie that you have? Like, what is that movie that's special to you that you could think the same thing Yeah, where about? no one else understands why you love it right. so much. Exactly. Because that's the fun of movies to me is like, yes, there may not, they, might not, they may not all be critically acclaimed, but anyone can love any movie. That's the beauty of them. And um, I just think this is an awesome thing to do. Yeah. So it was great. Yeah. Yeah. So, Jim, where can the people find us? Because I don't know if you heard the last, the two episodes before this, I struggled through this portion <clears throat> of, you know, the. The social media sphere. Yeah, so. there's certain As things always, we can, you can follow do us on you. Twitter at weave underscore scene underscore that. Sorry to cut you off, Anthony. Like oh, us good. on Facebook or email us at seen that podcast at gmail.com. That's S C E N E, that podcast at gmail.com. I'm hearing some rumblings that August may be, you know, a little guest month action. Um, I'm not knowing who's saying it, but. I'm hearing some rumblings that we we're gonna bring some guests back on, and what I'd like to happen we gotta, is if you're gonna. Oh, I was just gonna go say ahead. we gotta get we gotta get Rob on the pod. 
here's what I'm going to say to that. If you're coming on the pod, pick the movie yeah, you have to that bring a is movie. special to you. Just like what we did now, what Signs was to us, bring yours. If it's stupid, who gives a shit? It's going to be beautiful. Yep. So, yeah, we'll all um, give it stupid scores and it'll be great. Here's the thing I love about this. Science is going to be one of our highest rated movies. It really is. We got an average of a nine on that. We haven't had one that high in a while. Yes. And that goes probably back to like Empire Strikes Back, which I can't believe those are used in the same breath. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> That's, it's it's our podcast. We control it's, the narrative. It's, it's very our averages okay. are oftentimes 7.3 or 7.7 or 5.3 as Fucking averages. Jim, I thought you were going to yank this down, and you brought an eight, and that makes me so happy. I was happy. hyped. I was hyped for yeah. that. We yeah. had a nine for right. Skyfall, but I was the only one that watched that. That was an extra pod activity or a what we're watching one. Okay. All right. All right. Well, with that being said, I want to say one more time, go Bucks! And I also want to say thanks for listening to our 42nd episode yes, of the We've Seen That podcast. 43 next week will be... I know what you did last summer, and boy, is it a doozy. So, with that being said, I love you all. I'm Scott. I'm Anthony. And I'm Jim. And roll credits.